Hello and welcome to the Euphoria Podcast. This is the second episode of our MSI coverage. I am Dracos, spitter of bars, maker of bad takes. With me is my cohort, Cajal, mister of playoffs and master of analysis. Dude, why are you going to do me like that every single intro, man? Did you make playoffs yet? I did as a sub as HUK 2018 spring uh, when I was on the bench. They made playoffs, so I technically, yeah, I did. Yeah. Bro, you're a professional caster now, so you have made playoffs. That's the thing. If you want to, like, that's the difference, <laughs> you know? My, my, my producer's shaking his head. The H2K thing doesn't count. Um, doesn't count? Let us know um, in the comments. Does making playoffs as a sub count for Cadrill? For Cadrill. I think it does. Well, no, it does. It might, maybe it does. Maybe it does. Regardless, <laughs> we're available. The meme's never going to die anyway. It's, I mean, yeah, I think we're going to find new memes as you cast. We're going to find new things. Because we said illegal too much when you first, that first yeah, put the cast, that's we murdered that. Now it's you miss playoffs and we're murdering that. We just, we take one meme at a time and just yeah. run them into just the ground. It. There's just a train of memes and just doesn't stop. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you're invested right now in the missing of playoffs meme, the time to sell, you missed it already. So you might as well hold because it's at an all time low. Um, yeah, wait for the stonks. Wait for the stonks. Uh, this is, this podcast is available <laughs> on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. If you're listening on one of those platforms and you would prefer a different one, Feel free to swap over now. Um, if you're just joining us, we are in the midst of MSI. Stage one just wrapped yesterday. Stage one uh, essentially replacing the plans it was initially supposed to be. Three groups of four turned into uh, one group of three and two groups of four as the VCS was unable to attend. But it was a really, really wild stage. We've now said goodbye to six teams and we're moving in to stage two. The rumble stage. This is the more traditional MSI group stage as you know it. One group of six. Double best, uh, double best of one round robin. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be wild. It's it's gonna be crazy. Cadrill, this was this was a wild first stage. What was like? What what were your moment? Like what what stood out the most to you? What was the craziest moment of this group stage? A lot of things stood out to me. The first one was like C nine bombing out on the first couple of best of ones, um, and looking very very shaky, losing to DFM. It really looked horror for them. Um, I mean, I think that. When you came into this round one, I think there was a clear favorite top two in every group. The only one who upset, I would say, is group A, where um, UOL actually just got knocked out by Pentanet in a best of five over like a couple of days, three days. Yeah, the extended so, best of five with ex- some with some losses to RNG in between. Yeah, no, just some like, it's like, it's a, just a straight best of five just getting murdered by RNG at the same time. But yeah, they won out on that best of five. Uh, they're the biggest surprise to me coming into the second round. Um I don't know how well they'll do the second round. I think they might get a bit stomped, but the fact they made it, it's just that's just impressive. I think. I mean, it's such a cool story for Pentanet, right? And and for Pentanet, I'm excited we get to see them more. I'm excited for the LCO and for the Oceanic region. It's so cool that they've made it that far. Of course, we're going to be talking a lot, especially about we're going to talk about all about all the teams that have made it today. We'll talk a little bit about the teams who have left when we review our tier list later in the day. But overall, it's going to be interesting. Mad Lions will still be a big part of our focus because we do have a special interview with Kaiser after he finished his group stage games. After Mad Lions made it out 5-1, Lore took the time to sit down and talk with him. Really excited. We haven't seen that interview yet. I'm really excited to see what he had to say because mm-hmm. there are question marks around the Mad Lions. But before we look ahead, again, let's keep looking back. Let's talk a little bit about our MVPs from the group stage now. I think... I think we can end on Pentanet. Let's end on Pentanet okay. because I think that's a team that we want to talk more about because I think this is like this is a really cool story as you've already talked about. Let's start with let's start with uh, hmm. I don't know who you want to start with. Should we start with the favorites and go down slowly? So we yeah, can start yeah, with like can, the Damons, can, the RNGs, and then yeah. yeah. So how this is going to work is we're going to give an MVP. This is not the the top six players of 
of the group stage. This is the MVP from each of the six teams that have qualified thus far. I think it's important to recognize who the really big performers have been and also maybe set some expectations for who we expect to be a big factor in round two. So let's start with Damwon Kia. Damwon Kia. So although Canyon was a bit shaky um, yesterday, well, uh, on Tuesday's games, I still think he was the best playing player on um, on Damwon. Um, showmakers had up and downs. I think like he made a huge mistake against C9 on the side last when they got Baron, trying to kill Perks, losing his life, wasting a lot of time for the team. Khan obviously had quite a poor performance as well in general. His first couple of days were great. Uh, and their bot lane is just generally quiet. That's just kind of how the, the, yeah. the team functions. So I think for me, the still the biggest MVP on Damwon is Canyon. I think he is still the best player in the world. Um, I'm excited to see Canyon versus Wei. I think that's probably the Phil, most... can you hand me the... Yeah, you know, you're, we're, we're mind melded together. Give me the thing. And we'll go to this camera. This man right here. <laughs> this man is the god of the jungle. He's not the second coming of anything, but he is certainly the first Canyon. First of his name. He was the first to create a jungle canyon. Not the jungle to, to, gap, a jungle canyon. First of his name, first in the game, to paraphrase Machine and his uh, infinite quote about simple from CSGO. But uh, yeah, canyon, absolute goat. And I, I think it's no surprise, right? Like the, the team clearly plays a set him up for success. And it's rank one in the US in, I mean, in like, 14 days. <laughs> yeah, I think that like canyon is very real if we were going to do a top 10 players list. I think you would most of us if you would be not putting canyon number one or at least like number one or two you'd really have to have a strong friggin argument like you'd have to be going deep into some like dark technology as far as yeah. the takes go to like get him out of that top ranking canyon incredible player praised by every other jungler that we have ever talked about this man is absolutely out of control and i think that you're right like showmaker him being able to steal alistair all in that c9 game really popping off obviously looked really good but at the same time he also had moments where like Clearly, he was playing a little bit too liberally, right? There was that fight near um, Cedine's wolf camp where he... Oh, yeah. He dove like, in with the ghost when the, with the Kai's rolled, right? Yeah, he dove, in, he dove in there and he basically like gave up 60% of his health before he could even get the Alistair for like what appeared to me, it was just looked sloppy, right? And mm -hmm. I think you're also right that like no one is putting Khan on this list. Khan has looked very like the most shaky of any damn mm -hmm. one player. And you're right, the bot lane is just uh, and Khan like against DFM against Evi, he was getting kind of stomped on the GP. He got stomped in two two yeah. really hard in at least two of his Fudge games. Fudge was solo killing him a lot. Props to Fudge, I think he stepped up a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's talking about Dam one. Their mid jungle to me are the biggest carries, and I think they're the two players who kind of dropped the ball against C9, getting caught back to back with Barons, and then obviously diving in, losing flashes, Ghost losing flash, and then losing the fight around the dragon, which was kind of the nail in the coffin for them in that in in, in that game. So Ken is still my MVP of this team. They have looked quite shaky, I have to admit. Um, after the first couple of days, first three days of the of games they had, I thought, okay, yeah, it's Damon. They're not going to lose a game. There was a little bit of hiccup against DFM, but there's no chance they're going to drop a game. They dropped a game against C9, C9 mid. I think he went 3-0, didn't they? And they got came all the way straight back yep. to the group stage. Uh, they're into round two, so really well played by C9. But yeah, Canyon's my MVP uh, for them one. Has to be. Has to be. Yep. Uh, and yeah, still looking like a top player in the tournament and still looking like um, overall probably the best jungler. Although the next team that we get to talk about is RNG. RNG is a bit of... It's a hard one. I don't want to call it a red herring when you think about this team, just talking about the performance where we're talking about the MVP because they 8-0'd and that is really cool. One, because they're the only team that can... They're in the only group where you can 8-0 because it was quadra round robin. I said it was triple round robin last time. A lot of people called me on that. It was quadra round robin. Very weird format, but such is life when you have to make last minute uh, format adjustments when a region can't attend. Sucks, but RNG, the only 8-0 team in the history of 
of MSI. It's it's impossible to choose an MVP on RNG for the simple fact that I was looking at some stats. RNG have played eight games at MSI, right? Yeah. On average, at fifteen, they're up six and a half thousand gold. It's fifteen minutes yeah, on think- average, which is like okay, they're just stomping everyone. So you can't really choose a direct MVP. Obviously, Ming was. The Ming VP is what uh, we were calling him on the endless desk. Coming into MSI, he was the, the MVP of RNG. But now to me, Xiaohu is just standing out. I mean, I don't know if it's just because he rolls off mid and win and the 10-0 and just kind of carried the yeah. game to mid as well, just showing off and flexing. <sighs> it's... But I think Xiaohu's had a great tournament as well with Delusion tops and stuff. So Wei's had a fantastic tournament so far. Wei, Wei's everyone's one... had a fantastic tournament. Yeah, this is the thing. is It's like when you and your crew queue up for five mans on your Smurf accounts and you're just like, punching down in whatever elo is considered low elo relative to where you're placing i'm not here to judge um that's kind of what rng did and don't get me wrong i don't want to belittle lcl and lco too much but at the end of the day this is like rng was not contesting this group having a 6k gold lead on average at 10 minutes means you are not playing against comparable level skill opponents like that shit does not happen when two teams have even like it actually can't unless this is like scrims and people are just opting into fights where they're like have a 10 percent chance to win so it's rng yes they have an mvp yes this is a team we're excited to see more from in the next stage but like if you are like rng 8-0'd they're gonna win the tournament like if rng yeah. are gonna win the tournament it has nothing to do with what we saw in that group yeah definitely because it was just it was just storms like bot lane was diving 2v2 Yes, crying got solo killed, <laughs> but uh, barring that, there was never really any hiccups. There, fifteen, 15 minutes up, six and a half thousand gold. Like they were just a tier and a half, if not like ten tiers above the group that they were in. Um, so it's really impossible to kind of um, match, especially with three teams, right? When you look at like, for example, Group C with um, with Damon and C9 and stuff. When you see DFM come into the play, there's almost like these three teams who are you can't really tell who's better because DFM almost beat C9. Mm-hmm. Uh, DFM beat C9, sorry, almost beat Damwon. Yep. But well, then Damwon lose to C9, right? So it's like, well, it's best of one, so you can't really tell. Damwon's still probably the favorite. C9's probably second. But then we look at this group, it's like, is it just because they're just a thousand times better, or are these teams just re- like really bad comparable to the teams in the other groups, right? So I think when you get to the next stage, which is round two on Friday, 14th of May, we'll see how RNG match up against Damwon in the first game, which I think is going to be the most the most hyped game of that day alongside NA versus you. Yeah, super important game, of course. So for me, I put Wei as my MVP. You put Wei? I, I think that you can really pick anyone on this on this roster. I think that um, everyone yeah. had their moments outside of growing in solo. Yeah, I think Wei, Wei on things like the Rumble, the Udi or the Olaf, he was really, really popping off. He was like their most, I would say their most, cons- it's hard to say consistent, but he, he was getting I, them the leads, right? He was I mean, always yeah, there. Everyone was usually winning. I'd say that he was very consistent. He had a lot of zero death games right i think you can also say xiaohu i think you could also say ming like i think you can really go for again i think giving an mvp to rng this is one of the few teams where it feels disingenuous because it's like well you guys raffle stomped across the board yeah. so it's like we're gonna give it we're gonna give rng an mvp but if you like this is one where if someone was like <laughs> how dare you say it's way at xiaohu i'd go yeah like yeah okay dude sure like i don't i'm not invested you know what i mean because it doesn't matter because this team was not tested i'll, I'll give you a little test here okay way on rumble he's played three games this tournament what's his kda is it i mean the only reason you're asking me that is because he probably hasn't died yet it's probably infinite isn't it no he has he oh how many times i have no idea he must have died his only, K, he has a kd of 53 how many times has he died i think once god one death what a feeder he has a kd of 53 on rumble because i know he had two deathless games but i couldn't remember what the third game was I wasn't yeah. sure if it was three deaths he died games. once in the pentanet rng game the first game of tournament barring that seven zero eleven nine zero ten like 53 kd on rumble that's nuts again 
congrats to RNG for their stat padding. Like, yeah, and, and they were already farming stats like KW's in the chat, you know? Yeah, like <laughs> just well, milking them. It's it's actually like, yeah. We'll move on from RNG, but the TLDR is, I'm not, I don't want to bash RNG. I want people to know that I still think RNG is top two in this tournament. Oh, potentially yeah. number one. 100%. But again, my point isn't that they didn't play fantastically. My point is that we didn't learn anything about this team from this group They didn't stage. have to show anything, right? Other than that they can play meta champions, right? Like, but yeah, it was... It, yeah. it, whatever we're gonna move, we're yeah, gonna we'll move, move on, on from rng all right next up um i still would hold on to the fact that this is the number three team in the tournament it's debatable depending on uh how you feel about cloud nine's performance yesterday it was pretty freaking good across the board but i mad lions all come out i feel like kaiser king kaiser that's kind of redundant i guess it's king emperor isn't it so kaiser mm -hmm. for me MVP. I feel like this man was everywhere that he needed to be. He was so incredibly consistent. We didn't see any of the flipping. He played whatever he had to play to make it work for the team. I, I, I am, a, I am on the Kaiser hype train. I'm on the Karzi hype train. That's okay. What do you got? For, what we're a duo cast, and then we're choosing the duo pods. Ah, synergy. I don't know. Karzi to me has stepped up a lot. Um, for sure, he's doing like crazy damage numbers. He has a really nice like, uh, just just the lane phase itself looks a lot more consistent from both of them. Um, and he's had really pop-up performances. Like, if you think of their games where it was almost close, like against Pain Gaming, for example, it was Karzi's Aphelios who was literally just single-handedly carrying that game in fights. Um, even though it was a Thresh next to his oh. side, and you can be the support thief kind of guy. No, I mean, you're just, you're just buttering me up. For people who um, don't know, I, like, pick one champion a year to get really cracked out about. Oh, you it. love it was, the Aphelios. like, Kane, and then it was Bard, and now it's Aphelios, and I just get really hyped on that one champion, and right now it's Aphelios. Yeah, so, and, yeah. and I think Karzi's, uh, like... I won't look into stats too much, but every every single time I saw his games, he was like 10 and 1, 10 and, and 0, 11 and 1. And I feel like things like the Kaiser, the Aphelios, the Tristana, it really looked like he's found his footing. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like he hasn't made that many mistakes. Like if you look at some AD carries in this tournament, like, um, or just in general, AD carries in general, what happens is they get a little bit over, over I don't know what the word is, overexcited in fights, they jump too yep. far forwards. But Karsi's positioning in fights looks so consistently good. And he always jumps in at the right time, I feel like, especially on like the Kais and the Trisana. And I don't know how to go too in-depth on this because I feel like he's just found a form where either the consistency comes from him thinking less and Kaiser thinking more for him when it comes to moving around the map. So he just has to worry about his mechanics more. Or if it just comes from, okay, guys, you've been griefing throughout the LEC Spring Split against things like Kalista Jarvan, just like the bot lane 2v2s or a horror, just play more consistent and play aggressive when jungle's on your side, right? Um... And I feel like Elio has been playing mostly towards bot side, helping them out. Armwood's been a bit quiet, getting solo killed, getting solo kills here and there. But I think the MVPs of Mad Lions right now are jungle bot. To me, the standout is Karzi. Yeah, I think, and to be fair, not to not to undersell Armwood here, he has some fantastic, he obviously had the crazy Lee Sin game against yep. Robo. He had a lot of really solid games across. Like overall, Mad Lions is a team coming out 5-1. You know, they've just generally looked good. Yeah, I think it's important to talk about because I think that there are, there's a lot of like, discussion about the mad lions bot lane and i think that i just to clarify where i stand on that point i think again and i'll say this because this i feel like every time we talk about the mad lions at all this comes up like oh how could how dare people say that karzy you know was was gonna underperform the man was so good you know he won the split he mm. played great i think it's important again to reiterate that like one karzy has played out of his mind in this tournament this karzy is peak karzy and i love it i love every freaking second of it this is good this is not what my fears were when I saw this. But it is important to call out that this bot lane was woefully inconsistent in the regular season, over-aggressive so many times, as you already called out. And in the finals, not in the series for G2. In the series for G2, Karzi was very, very good. 
But in the finals, they were very quiet. Yeah. They were very quiet. And I would say under they were not ultimately like they ultimately got, they were not the reason that the, the team won that series. They I got think. 2v2 killed every single game. And I remember there was an interview with Bjergsen a little bit off topic a long time ago, five, six years ago. And I think this was when Sven joined TS, something like this. And he said, what makes a good AD carry is it's so difficult to pin them down and kill them. And it sounds very vague, but it feels so true when you're a pro player. If you play against the greatest AD carries, you know, when I played on the LEC Spring Split, like things like perks on AD carry, yep. it's so hard to find a way to get them locked down and kill them because our positioning is almost flawless. And I feel like when I watch Karzi's games, his positioning and fights are flawless. And I think the biggest uh, attributing factor to why Cars is my MVP is because of their two games against PSG, who I think were the second strongest team in that group. For sure. It was a complete bot cap. Like, Karzi on Kaisa and Tristana, it was... Although Elioya was really doing well to support them and getting the, the, the team leads, I think it was just a complete bot cap. And I think, uh, yeah, uh, they really impressed me. Yeah, I'm inclined to think that uh, Kaisa was also a big part of that, even though his KDA oh, yeah. isn't always going to reflect it. But maybe I'm biased because I like to give the supports a little bit of love here and there. Um... But yeah, that's what I'll say is that like the what the form that we are seeing from Karzi and Kaiser, I want to see that form all the time, every split, every minute. Like this is that's peak Mad Lions bot lane. And and I frankly love to see the way that they have not only found that consistency in big games on a big stage, um, but that they've done it internationally, right? Because that was the other question was that this team kind of bombed out last year. And obviously, again, mm-hmm. extenuating circumstances when they were in China, 14-day quarantine, like if there was ever time to struggle on stage, that was the time. But the fact that now, when they've got the support structure behind them, when the team is doing well, it's doing really well, it's great. It's a great look, and I hope that it continues into the Rumble stage. I am, I, am, I try to take a step back, but God, I am so ready for Mad to beat someone in the semifinals and make it to finals. I am then ready for them to win MSI. I am ready. I am ready every step of the way. I believe. I don't want to sell it too hard. Don't get your expectations too high, Dracos. I know we talked about this. It might hurt. It it might hurt, but Europe, no one is flawless this tournament. Mad Lions, they got a lot of flaws, but they fight good when it goes late. And I want to believe. I'll leave it at that, though. I'll leave it at that for now. (laughs) We'll see if that faith is well placed as we get later in the tournament. Our next team, C9. I did not know if they were going to make it after that first week. It was rough. It was honestly tragic how bad their first week was it was an absolute horror and i think they might there might have been some tickets booked at the end of that because it was really like it was really looking dire because they were down the head-to-head against the fm and then the biggest 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 turnaround you could ever imagine is taking down damon yeah that was an unreal game like the game i actually what i did the review on it last night and I, I was watching the game and i was like wow this is actually a really impressive game the first 15 to 20 minutes was quite a, kind of slow in a way uh, there was so much macro things going on around Vision that C9 were just responding against Damon really well. Um, but to me, the biggest MVP, almost like an unsung hero barring one game on the lease in, uh, is Fudge. I think Fudge's improvement has been great to see, even throughout the whole tournament to MSI. I think he had a really quiet GP game against Damon because Khan had the perma push. And every single game I've seen him play, he played Jace, GP, Rennington, Lee Sin. Okay, four carries and two silent games. All four of those carry games, his jungle only played topside once for a single gank in this leasing game against Khan on Jace. And all four of these games on carries, they lost Herald. And the Herald went top lane and he lost his top tier one every single game. You're playing Jace, you're playing GP, you're playing these kind of cam- uh, champions and you're losing your top tier one because enemy jungle's playing topside and, and heralding top. And he still found a way to be useful. Even on the Jace, even though they lost against uh, DFM, he was still like triple killing in fights. He was still really useful. And then the leasing game was just a staple factor of my jungle only came topside once, but I still solo killed Khan. He lost his flash when they lane stopped anyway. And then he played Sion on weak side. Easy. So to me, the unsung hero is 
fudge. I think he is definitely the MVP for me on this Cloud9 roster. What I will say is you can kind of give the MVP to players like Perks, who was just carrying 1v9 on Lucian and Yone, Sven and Vulcan, who were smashing bot, Blabber, who stepped the hell up uh, from whatever it was the first two days. He was like nervous. I don't know what it was. Uh, but I, I think the growth of Fudge and just seeing him play so fantastically was just kind of heartwarming to see because he got a lot of criticism, I think, at the start of the year. And now he's showing why he's like one of the best tops in the world. Yeah, damn, Kato. I like you really sit on me. I'll say that I don't feel like Fudge. I feel like Fudge had some... Uh, you said quieter games, I think rougher games. I think that's why Fudge and Blabber to me, while they did play really well on the, the final day of this group and were a big factor as to why Cloud9 moved up, why I wouldn't put them in that MVP category. I think Perks also had a one or two games where he was kind of, where it was a little meh, you know what I mean? And he yep. had definitely, again, on this final day, everyone on Cloud9 popped off. I don't want to take away anything from, from anyone, but when it comes to getting into the nitty gritty, comparing players and picking out who stood out to me the most, I really like the bot lane. Yep. And between those two, I'm really inclined to say Vulcan. I would say, I, I can agree with you on Vulcan. He really, the Damwon game, the Alistar. The Damwon game, the Alistar was incredibly clutch. The yep. first game that they played, um, the Tom Kench Varus lane, like obviously, guy, like obviously it's a kind of a meme to give it credit to a Tom Kench player, but like the only, the defining thing for me between Tom Kench players, good or bad, is are you in the right place on the map? He was usually there. Are you holding W to the exact right moment in every single fight? Mm -hmm. And I think that he was. And like those, those two games really, really made me happy um, to see Vulcan succeed on. And then obviously the DFM game, he, does, he goes deathless. To be fair, that game was mostly just across the board a stomp. But like the dude is is really good. Like I, I am consistently impressed by like as an EU pundit, I always naturally look at the EU players first at Perks and Sven, right? Like, oh, this is the Perks and Sven team. I remember them from G2. But then mm -hmm. like as we go internationally and as we progress, I look more and more at the players surrounding them. I was really impressed with Blabber domestically, hoping we get to see more from him in this next group stage that's not kind of tainted by those first few games like it was in this stage. But like, I am really impressed by Vulcan. I'm impressed by how quickly Fudge has grown because I thought he was really underwhelming the first two days, but really good on the final day. I think, is, is Fudge the youngest player of the tournament? He's 18 years old. I think he's definitely one of the youngest players of the whole tournament. And I think he is. He's, I think he played two years in, which is crazy too, is he would play two years in O's and then came pretty much straight into NA and has took a spot away from from you know licorice who was actually a, all things considered one of the best domestic top laners oh, yeah. and struggled in lock-in i mean to be fair perks did too a lot of players struggled in that lock-in tournament but has consistently leveled up over the course of the season i still would put alfari above him on a tier list but mm -hmm. putting pudge number two feels correct to me now yeah i feel like although it was one game uh of leeson i think you have to understand the pressure of that game first of all because you're one two down you're against the world champions you first pick leeson um he obviously he's a very young player a lot of criticism a lot of a lot of flack uh and then he actually picks Lee Sin. solo kills khan yes it wasn't the greatest of solo kills because khan had no flash and he was already behind but still a solo kill a solo kill great i'm not reading into that too much that's not the biggest reason as to why i would put him on mvp it's just if you watch the fights around drake even the fights around baron when uh, when um damon snuck it away and they tried to make the fight fudge almost literally solo carried that fight he got a kick onto canyon into ghost and then queued them and almost double killed them once instantly. In the last fight, although Vulcan got the follow the engage, he queued the Drake, wall jumped, and then E flashed to finish off Ghost. Like his mechanics were flawless to see. And that's just something I haven't really seen from Fudge. And now that I've seen it, I'm 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 all aboard. I think Fudge is a great player from just seeing that the, yesterday's games alone. The fact that he can play weak side so easily, his jungle can play bot side so easily and can still find ways to make himself useful on things like Jace as well. Um yeah, he's my MVP for so, uh, C9. Here here's the thing that I think is really important to know here is that like this. This continues to compound on itself because not only was it an incredible game against one of the perceived favorite, if not the perceived favorite of the team, as a rookie player who had on the stage previously struggled, what's even crazier, and this is kind of the final nail in the coffin to me, is that like they first picked that freaking Lee Sin in the face of a rumble. Yep. So 
let's pretend they lose this game. The first thing, the first and immediate thing that people are going to latch on to is why did you first pick this champion mm-hmm. for Fudge, who had up until this point been underperforming, I would say, to expectations and definitely one of the looking like one of the weaker players in this roster. So literally, when we talk about the odds being stacked oh, against yeah. someone, like that was in terms of, let's just talk about just public perception, right? That was like the worst weighted gamble of all time. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? For Fudge. Because you, if he loses, he's meme forever. Cloud9 is meme forever. Yep. They're going to, everyone will chalk it up like, outside of anything else that happened in week one they'll be like in week two this is why you guys lost how dare you give away rumble rumble was so op but then fudge makes good on that promise and that's, that's exactly the reason i think he's the mvp because you, you can look at the in-game stuff and that's all all flawless the three last three games i saw but the out of game stuff right the amount of flack and the amount of criticism he would have got if they lost that game and they went one three and they actually not got knocked out or whatever it could it may be uh then the first person you would look at is fudge we first yeah. and we gave them rumble he even said in his interview um afterwards he said I don't know why people even criticized our draft for first picking Lee We think Rumble's not that strong anyway. People are over overhyping Rumble. So something to do with scrims perhaps, but um, public perception was definitely Rumble's OP. Um, and I was looking at some Rumble win rates just to see how he's champion forming. That's three wins. The three wins were RNG, seven losses. That's actually insane. Wow. How is that? That stat is literally right in front of me. And I didn't know that. That's actually crazy. So this champion is, I don't know if it's just came into the tournament. We saw Way play it once and everyone's like, ah, Rumble's broken. I think the thing is. But is uh, like, yeah, it's not found that much success um, at MSI so far. We can talk more about Rumble too as we look ahead. I think the thing for me is it's just, I think it needs more than people think it needs. Like, oh, never you, mind. It has seven wins, eight losses. I think it was, I think it was the first three days that it was four. <laughs> it was three wins, seven losses. Okay. Wait, let me That's check it. That's less crazy. Let me check it real quick. Oh my God. I was like, wow, those are crazy stats. Um, uh, oh, it was, th- okay. So in the last three days of MSI, yeah, so yeah, the last yeah. three days, it's, it's three, seven. Um, but it okay. was 4-1 on the first three okay. days. The first two days it was 4-1, okay. so everyone was like, holy moly, okay. this champ is broken. I think your point's still valid. But I yeah. think it's, but it's still, I think, worth the priority that it has. Oh, yeah, I think definitely. That people need to think more about it and how to leverage it more. It's definitely not unbeatable. I still think it's a really powerful jungle. Top three jungle still easily. I think maybe just people overhyped it to the point where I'm going to first pick it and then give them Udyr and think I have a winning jungle matchup, but then you think, you think like, wait, about Udyr is actually champions still pretty like broken. Champions like and Lee Sin, you don't need to think a lot about, I'd say. You can slam Elise in in top lane or mid lane for the most part, and you don't need to worry. Like, you can trust that Elise is going to fit in your composition somehow. Udyr does Udyr things. You know what I mean? Like, regardless of comp, I think Rumble needs a bit more. But moving on. Yeah. Next on our list, second to last, uh, PSG, Paris Saint Germain, Talon. I can't pronounce that. Sorry, French viewers. You can send me a clip of how to pronounce it, and I'll get better at pronouncing PSG. Um, who, who are you leaning towards on this one? Now, a lot of people will think of Maple, I think. Yeah, he's. Uh, I, I actually have like three names written down because mm-hmm. I'm not sure, so I'm kind of waiting to see what you mm-hmm. say. I'm going to say River. River. I think right. River in when this team gets leads, I think River is the biggest driving factor behind it. Now, Maple obviously found this footing when it came to like, I'm going to drop set, I'm going to play more of my mages and uh, this kind of stuff and my Lucian, of course. Uh, and he did really well. I have to attribute a lot of it to him, but I think the biggest driving factor behind PSG is definitely, um, it's definitely River. I think that Although they did lose two games to Mad Lions, the Nidalee game that he played in that first game, I think that it wasn't really necessarily his fault as to why they lost. I think Botlin was just struggling a lot and maybe he could have helped them a little bit more. But in all of their wins against, you know, uh, Istanbul Wildcats um, and Pain Gaming, this guy was just kind of making fun of everyone. He was just running around on Udyr, taking camps in your face, getting really good dives on Body Bear. The rumble in teamfights was nuts. He even starts building Magi's and stuff. So, um, And I really like his personality to the point where I haven't, I've never spoken to him. I've read a couple of interviews here and there, but 
I can see a very charismatic side of him when it comes to like a play happens, you know, or Maple makes an outplay, camera goes to River, he's just laughing, you know. So he's really chilled out. I love to see that he's uh, enjoying himself on the stage. And the fact that a player can crack a smile in like a serious game is always a nice thing. That was when Humanoid, I think Humanoid flash forward on Lucian and Maple killed him with the Syndra QE. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, okay, and then the camera I went to River forget. and yeah. he was laughing. And this was like, not an important game for them, but it was a, like a, it was against Mad Lions and he's just laughing. So I like to see the charisma on his side. Um, but I think he, I think he's one of the biggest driving factors behind PSG. I, I mean, I'm inclined to agree. I think Maple is the other name on this list for me. I think there's an argument for Doggo based on the context of this tournament, but I won't say that he's been performing above and beyond to mm. to be that MVP. But I think the fact that he is a sub and that he has gotten so good with this team so quickly means that Doggo does deserve uh, some recognition. I do feel like if if like this is, sounds like a very obvious thing because it's jungle role, right? But if jungle doesn't do anything, right? It, like let's say River didn't do anything in just power farm, this team would do nothing. I feel like it's just all comes down to River and Kaiwing and Kaiwing kind of teaming up with River uh, and then Maple getting the kills. Hanabi's kind of AFK on his island most of these games, and Doggo's like a cleanup team fight player. I feel like. I mean, um, I think you're. I think we're right because we saw that domestically too, right? I mean, obviously it was unified playing at the time, but but the Kaiwing River duo is the driving force for this team. Like, yes, Maple is the guy who does the damage in the team fights, but I think yeah. you're right. I think, And I think I'm inclined to agree with you after that. That's a really good point. I think that Kaiwing playing with a different AD carry, I think has probably limited him in his ability to really do everything that he wants to do. But I think that River is still remains this huge proactive playmaking force. Maple Maple is still like the biggest driving factor of like if you look at both carries I think there's like Doggo is obviously nice to have as a carry I think he's reliable he doesn't die too much he, which he, is like a I very stupid thing to say but he doesn't die a lot but Maple yeah. is the guy that's going to get you the team fights when he's going to send it you know even when they're losing and the enemy team gets barren he just flashes forward on Syndra to try to trade one for one so that guy's got the balls there and he's going to try to carry your team uh, and I think Doggo is just going to be like the cleanup kind of uh, kind of player MSI drinking game drinking water or red bull of course though um stay responsible uh is every time as cast or, or pundit says send it oh yeah i as think it, i said it way too many times on the it, cast. everyone did it's just it, there's always oh, buzzwords that stick with us and it happens all the time every single international tournament there's one this time it's send it it's been different stuff in the past mm -hmm. so uh yeah if you're you and your friends are looking to drink a lot of water <laughs> every time a caster says send it um i need to stop saying that you're gonna be actually. fully hydrated by at the end of game one <laughs> let me tell you very very hydrated um oh, dear yes Lord. Anyway. or uh you're gonna have wings with three eyes let's go red bull um last, last on the list certainly not well certainly sadly at the bottom of this list but still their story is the best they might end up last in this group, but their story will remain one of the best in the tournament. It is pentanet.gg. This Yossi, is a team. Oi, oi, oi. Let's do it, <laughs> dude. Um, we've committed to drinking a shoey if this team wins any any games in group stage yep, of water. God, guys. The responsibility. Come on. Um, if uh, pentanet win any games, which I'm, I'm kind of hoping happens because I, I love I love the the OPL community now the LCO community I love OS a lot of uh, a lot of fantastic cashers who come into the region where I'm close with many of them and uh, Pennad Jajig crazy story incredible we already talked about it at the start of the day the, the best of five that they beat they managed to overcome the unicorns of love the LCL the CIS one of the all time strongest regions in the wild card stages or the emerging stages or the playing stages whatever you want to call them however you want to look at them taken down by historically one of the weakest a crazy turn after their league was dissolved after the region known as their north america took all of their players they put together a team that can make it past round one and i'm going to give credit here to the only person on this stage 
who is half man, half highlighter, and that is Pabu. This man, incredible. Half man, half highlighter? <laughs> I love that, actually. <laughs> the man, he's a highlight reel. He's got highlights in his hair. I, I, to be in honest a with world, you, one man. It's just one this man, highlighter. One man. <laughs> determined to get every Crayola crayon on his Champion head in a ocean. single lifestyle. <laughs> 1v1 master. Um, no, I mean, real, real talk, it was, it was scrappy. It was hard. It was difficult. It was not clean. But ultimately, Pentanet got there. And I think you can see Pentanet level up every time they played on stage. You could see them getting slowly and slowly better and better. But I think while you could pick any player in this like monumental upset story that is Pentanet making this far, I think, I think Pabu was, you can look at the cards. This game is the final game is a good example. But he was always doing something. Now, part of that, you've highlighted this earlier, is bias because in this meta, the one player who always gets to play League of Legends, regardless of lane differences, regardless of matchups, is the jungler, mm -hmm. um, which is maybe less true if you're in a super losing jungle matchup. So maybe I'm a little bit biased there, but I, I'm just inclined. I saw so much good stuff from Pabu. And yeah, I, I, at the end of the day, I think that without, without him, this team would not have made uh, it through. I think the coolest thing about Pabu is how in all their three games against um, against UOL, he played a different champ. They were playing things like Nidalee Zed, and they were playing things like Cartus Leeson. So they, the mid-jungle top as well with like J-Stop was really probably talking about how they want to draft these things out because you're playing these kind of, not cheese-esque things, but these are very solo queue kind of things, right? Zed, Nidalee, yep. Cartus, Jace. This is very powerful in solo queue. And playing against Cartus, playing against these champs like Zed, you're kind of sweating if they get a kill. If they get a kill or two, you're sweating a little bit because you know the power of the champions. The difference is their champions are weak. They, they can't contest too much. They're not very strong 1v1. But the thing is, Ananasik was playing Kha'Zix into, into Karthus, which is a horrible jungle matchup. Pabu took Exhaust. I don't know if they prepped these things because I saw an interview where they said, yeah, let's just slam Zed. But like the, the no, whole... No, they, they said they didn't. They hadn't screamed yeah, on it. They just, they just wanted it. to they slam the it. Zed. But I don't know. The whole prep or like um, ideas of the draft of just playing these kind of best of one-esque, really OP kind of, not cheesy champions, but really powerful champions in the best of one, because if they get a lead, it's impossible to win in a sense, yeah. was really smart. So I give credit to their mid jungle, Pablo and Chaz. I think my MVP is Praetith though, because I think he was the consistent driving factor for this team in all of their wins against UOL. You look at him on, he had two back-to-back -back Samira games. And, and you can, I remember the first win they had against UOL, he was playing Samira. He was really strong. He got a triple kill in mid. They got Baron, and he played the fight to perfection. Uh, and then against again against uh, UOL, he played Samira. That game, he was a little bit more quiet because it was kind of like the Zed show uh, for Chaz. But then he played the Zaya game. And the Zaya game, to me, was the biggest, the biggest reason that I think he's my MVP because he almost, I won't say he single-handedly carried this game because Biopanther and Pabu were kind of strong on their Jason Carters. But he was doing insane amount of damage on the, on the Zaya. Their whole comp was about killing the Zaya. Kai'Sa Alistar Kha'Zix with a victor and maybe a Meganar. It's all about killing Praetith. He lived a lot. He, he kind of lived every single fight. The only time that he died was when they tried to end the game and they tried to hit the Nexus and he just died for no reason. I think that was a mistake. But barring that, I think he's been, um, he's been the, biggest, uh, the biggest factor for me. I think he's pumping really high damage numbers for his team, which makes sense when you're playing things like Samira and, and uh, Zaya. But I think his mid-jungle uh, are really good at bridging him towards the late game. Yeah, and Praetith certainly had a, a fantastic performance, right? And, and, and the vast majority of those games, he was a huge factor. Yeah, I think, I think it's hard to pick, to pick one factor in this monumental yeah. story. Pop was easy. Um, he's, his head's bright green. It's easy to see him. He stands <laughs> out, you know, literally in this case. Um, but I think Praetith is also is a good choice. Um, again, shout out to the LCO, to the OPL. Yeah, to, legends. To the Oceanic <laughs> region. Absolute, absolute friggin' legends. Um, shout out to you. 
Every fantastic caster that is in that region or has come out of that region, there are so many of them. Yes, they are import exporting talent to NA, but before they were exporting talent to NA, they were exporting it's casters. It's crazy, isn't it? Because they have like the smallest player base. The, the other teams this tournament, you had Brazil, you had TCL, VCS, yeah, yeah, yeah. they can show up. They're regionally not LCL. close enough to anyone else to scrim on good ping with any other yeah. region. And LCL is scrimming European teams, Turkish teams. There's like this tri like this this zone where TCL, LCL, and LEC can scrim each other. You've got the EU National Leagues, you can also scrim the LCL. Then you've got Brazil, you've got the CB LOL. But no! It's the LCO with the smallest player base and they can only scream each other who've come all the way here after losing their region, losing their entire like ecosystem of everything and all their players got sold and they still made it to round two. What's yeah. your excuse? Huh? Well, yeah, my excuse is that well, I yeah, well, Who are you talking to? I'm like, my excuse, I'm bad at League of Legends, Kendra. What's your excuse, buddy? I'm washed <laughs> up. <laughs> my hands, they don't work so good no more. Are they here? Um, yeah, again, Pentanet. Legends. Absolute legends, no matter what happens in the rest of the tournament. Analytically, I don't expect a lot, but you guys have already overcome so much just to be here and to be competitive. It is an incredible story, and I, I, I will remember this, actually remember this for a long time. This is one of the coolest international stories you've seen in a very, very long time. Pendanet, absolute <laughs> banger. Now, at the start of this, to kind of wrap this section up before we get into our interview with Kaiser, courtesy of Lore, let's take a look at the tier list that we put together at the start. Now, there are... I, I feel pretty good about everything on this tier list, but I want to make a few changes. Now, remember, the tier list was a little bit limited because we didn't really, I didn't, as my bad as a host, I didn't really plan 100% what these categories were in advance and discuss it with people. So you got to hear us very sloppily put this tier list together. But um, S tier was tournament favorites. A tier was, and this is organized by groups too. Um, if you're watching in podcast lens, we brought up the tier list. I will now read them out to you because I'm a smart video podcast host who realizes you can't see these if you're listening in audio only. Five hit. S tier was tournament favorites, which is Dan Wonkia. A tier was the people who could contest, the people who could get to, um, could get up there that could maybe upset the apple cart. This is RNG, Mad Lions, C9. B tier was good. You know, for sure making stage two, maybe making top four, but not super likely. That was PSG talent. C tier was kind of the best of the bottom tier, which was UOL and the Istanbul Wildcats. D tier was better luck next time, kiddos, yep. which was Pentanet.gg, Pain Gaming, uh, Detonation Focus Me, and Gillette Infinity. And I think that for the most part, this turned out to be pretty correct. Yeah. A couple things that we could change. I think the couple things that sent out to me are DFM showed up a lot better than a D tier team, I think. Um, taking down C9, almost beating um, I, Damon. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. Yeah. I think the, the tier list after round one, you can obviously drop the teams that got knocked out. But I think the teams that you don't drop that that, um, that got knocked out is DFM. You make them go higher. Pentanet, obviously, you could push them here at tier above UOL because they were the better team in a best of five. So I think you could swap UOL, Pentanet, you could swap DFM. Uh, and Instable Wildcats, and I think you got a good tier list there. Yeah, I think the thing for me is, is it like, I don't know how I feel about, I mean, you can just based on results, demote Istanbul Wildcats and Unicorns of Love. But I'd say I don't really feel like demoting anybody. But what I will say is that like, I think that Pendant.gg, regardless of what we will say in the future for Oceania, regardless of if this is a one-time thing, they deserve to be in the C tier along Istanbul Wildcats yep. and Unicorns of Love. And for Detonation Focus Me, Oh, if we had Save. seen it, I, I will almost B. I think they're like oh, C. I, think I thought almost, you were going to keep them in D. No, I'm not going to keep oh, them in D. Oh, thank God, Dracos. No, Epi's to me. cracked, Talk dude. To me. Sorry, I've been, I'm, we've been doing after-hour no, streams, and I'm just used to swearing. But uh, like, <laughs> Epi is cracked. His team is actually good. 
they're literally the fact that they beat C9 important. This is very important here because we talk about Doggo getting subbed in, but Doggo plays League of Legends competitively. Cause is an analyst. He, reti- he was washed. He's retired five times. Yes, he was washed like three seasons ago. I love Kazu. He's been a fantastic yes. force for that team. He played solid in this tournament overall. But like the fact that DFM beat C9, they beat a regional first seed for the first time in the region's history. Like, and this team's only going to get stronger at Worlds. Before we carry on talking about them, next split, I think River. I think is it? Uh, no, not River. Sorry, it's um, no, no. So Kazu Gang, Gang is coming is in, in on support, the bench, and he's been he's actually played well internationally. And their jungler Steel, sorry, is actually getting residency. I think. So TLDR, they're going to have three. They get, they get, and I think, I think Kazu was (laughs) TLDR, they're going to have three screens. But I think Kazu was misplaying a lot. Um, Yeah, he was re-engaging, engaging engaging for no reasons a lot. I think you could saw that on set and rel, especially against that one game. So now you have your support, who you've wanted to have on the bench, who will come in for worlds if they make it. I expect they do. Uh, so they probably are even stronger. But I remember when I was trying to convince you that the LJL is higher than the D tier team, and I, I didn't believe you. I didn't believe you even even a little bit. Because I've been baited in on this train. I have a lot of history with this region, Cadrill. I have believed in this region in the past. I've watched Betty believe in this region. And I was wrong. You I were wrong. I say I was yep. completely wrong about DFM. Clip it. DFM were excellent in this tournament. This is one of the best tournaments that the LJ has played probably ever. The fact that they beat C9. The fact that they probably should have beaten. And I'm going to get you hyped a little bit more, okay? For when Worlds comes around. Yeah. Aria and Steel are going to get better. Their support sub's going to come in, which they want to do, and Kazu's going to become their analyst or something like this now. Return and to the, coaching. And yeah. Evie's going to be as good as he was. So this team is going to be popping off. Utah Palm was doing well as well. And you're going to put them in a higher tier when it comes to Worlds. Depends on what And the, I'm going to convince you. Depends on what the regional third seeds that they're going to go up against look like. And I think but Worlds is when LJL will show up to group stage. LJL makes group stage at Worlds. Yeah. But keep in mind, group stage is the second stage at Worlds. So plans into group stage. Yeah. We're going to bet when we get closer. I'll let you okay. hold on to that one. Because I, I want to believe you. All right now, I'm all in the story. Like, these guys are fantastic. We can, we can make some crazy bet if they don't. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. I, I mean, we'll see when it gets to it. It's just round two of it's, MSI. But, yeah. yeah, I'm just saying. Anyway. I'm just hyped. Yeah, so Pendant and DG, obviously the coolest coolest upset story. We would move them up to C tier. But uh, Detonation focused me up to C tier as well. They were, they were fantastic. They played fantastically. Across the board, I was actually pretty impressed with the levels that we saw. Um, sad to see a lot of these teams go. Ultimately, only the top six are going to remain. So... We'll see. We'll see what happens. I feel like we did this one pretty well. And shout out to the teams that really, really surprised us yep. here. Uh, oh, man. I'm sad we lost that niche focus. I'm glad we got Cloud9. It would be really a shame not to have Sven and Perks. But, like, part of me wanted to see the the DFM to groups. Uh, I think that I think that they wouldn't have done that great in round two, I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, I think against they're RNG, still really rough one, around the edges. They're yeah. very rough around the edges. But hopefully they're a lot more well-rounded when it comes to Worlds or the next international event that they show up on. But I think our tier list was pretty accurate. I think SAB was definitely on point. I think the CD was slightly shaky, you know. Yeah. Two teams that uh, didn't show up as much, UOL and TCL, who I think TCL... Holy Phoenix to me was standing out a lot. Holy Phoenix was so. I'm good. really sad for Holy Phoenix that he actually lost. Um, a UOL obviously getting beat out by Pentanet, so that was a very um, a shaky tournament for them. Uh, and then Pain and Infinity never really showed up. I mean, Pain almost beat Mad Lions, and Infinity was also really quiet. But hopefully, they can show up next time. Yeah, we're gonna have to see. So to recap, if we were to update our MSI tier list, it would still be S tier Day One, A tier RNG, Mad Lion, C nine. A lot of this is gonna change once we get to see groups proper. If we were to remake it one more time, but there's also know. an argument with RNG and S tier, but it's only like their group was weak. So we'll keep yeah. We'll yeah, try. we could we could put them both there if you wanted yeah. to. But uh, keeping the top of the table relatively the same, but getting the promotions. C tier was originally just Unicorns of Love and Istanbul Wildcats. We've moved Pentanet and Detonation Focus Me up there. Pain Gaming 
and uh, Gillette Infinity will remain in D tier. Better luck next time. We'll see what these regions can do at Worlds. Um, that said, it's time for us to focus in on the next stage. And in order to do that, we're going to need a little backup from our friend Lore, and we're going to need to hear from our boy Kaiser so we know exactly... Your MVP. My MVP. See exactly what is coming for Mad Lions, exactly what happened. Let's hear their perspective on MSI so far. Kaiser, thank you so much for joining me. I want to review the whole journey from Mad Lions because you arrived in Iceland three weeks ago now when we count the lockdown. So, yeah, how has everything been when it comes to the new screen partners, the new working environment? Because I know that uh, Mad Lions is a well-oiled machine when it comes to preparation. So how has it been for you adapting to everything? Uh, I think it has been pretty good, actually. Like uh, all the outside factors have been like really good. I think I think, for example, Iceland as a like as a like climate and tap water, you know, like everything you could ask for is like really nice. Uh, the uh, the hotel food is really nice, stuff like this. Uh, that like the outside factors are all like really good, uh, and uh, like inside the game, uh, especially scrims. Uh, in the early weeks, they went really well. Like we were actually surprised. I mean, the, the first day when we uh, landed in Iceland, it was like, uh, like everyone was a bit like jet lagged, maybe, or like, uh, yeah. I mean, they were tired, you know. And then the scrims went to, yeah. I mean, they were not that great. But uh, after we like uh, had a good night's rest, and after we talked about some like meta changes, stuff like this, uh, we had a really uh, like. Yeah, productive week, and uh, yeah, I, I was really happy with our scrim results. Uh, good to hear because it showed on stage. And when you compare the scrims where, uh, to the LEC teams that you're uh, used to facing, how is it different in, in terms of level, preparation, and how hard the teams try during the uh, the scrims? So of course it like depends on which team we were scrimming, but uh, I think most of the teams were taking it really seriously. Like uh, they were like. Almost no happy games. I mean, of course, like some happy games uh, have to be in there, you know, like when uh, like 20 minutes, uh, 50,000 kills, you know, like it, it happens. But uh, uh, most teams were like really taking it seriously because they know uh, they are re representing their region, right? And they want to show their best. Uh, I think like especially Damon and uh, RNG like are like really good uh, in that uh, in that regard because like I mean it, it feels just, it just feels like they they take every game like kind of seriously and. Uh, yeah, they, they don't like really troll around and maybe that happened in EU sometimes. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's a bit of a change, I guess. Uh, but uh, yeah, C9 as partners were also really nice. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, MSI as a, as a whole, I think uh, the scrim, the scrims were like more productive than in EU. Uh, but maybe that's just because like what's at, at stake, right? Uh, so yeah, um, aside from that, I think uh, the play styles from teams, of course, like are different than from EU, for example, RNG, they, I mean, they, they kind of like to play aggressive, you know, in early game, especially Wei. He's a bit of a psychopath, you know, in, <laughs> in the jungle. I think we don't really have that many psychopath junglers uh, in EU, maybe self-made, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, I think like just uh, the, the play styles are like different from each team and they, they it really shows that, uh, yeah, EU is not the only region in the world, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. We will get back to the playstyles later before, uh, because you mentioned something that I found interesting, the fact that there's uh, teams representing their regions and unlike Worlds, it's only one team representing every region. And um, I was wondering, we know that EU performed quite well internationally over the past few years uh, and you being the only team representing Europe with that legacy of teams performing well, how did it play for you? Did it impact uh, your expectations for MSI? Uh, yeah, how do you see yourself performing and yeah, did, did you thought about this at all? Well, I mean, we, we let down Europe already once, so we were like kind of 
tryharding more, you know, even though like maybe we said uh, we, we, ha we are having fun here and stuff like this. Of course, like we're having fun, right? Like uh, that's part of the, the, the experience, I would say. Like if you're not having fun, you're not going to play well. That's just a fact, I think. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, we're just trying our best, I guess, to uh, like deliver, I guess. And uh, we, we kind of feel the pressure, of course, like uh, being the only representative, uh, representative, oh my goodness, <laughs> a representative of uh, EU. Uh, of course, you feel the pressure, right? Because like all the fans are, wa are watching you. There's no G2 or something that can bail you out uh, if you go out in groups, uh, stuff like this. Uh, so of course we are like trying to, uh, yeah, try our best, and uh, we also want to improve, right? Like uh, you, you don't get to scrim or you don't get to play uh, against international teams uh, every day. So uh, we have th this advantage of, uh, yeah, scrimming against the best of the best. And uh, once we're home in the EU again, like we will uh, uh, have like a playstyle difference, or like we will have more ideas than other teams. So we take this uh, really seriously, and yeah, we just want to prove that. Uh, also, Europe is like a really strong contender for even the world title, right? Because uh, I think we are, as a region, are like uh, at a really high level. Yeah, and it's all about the improvements you can make and how these teams can help you get there and how you're going to perform afterwards when you come back to the LEC. And yeah, is there anything you improved on already or you feel like teams, I don't know, had an impact or influence on your playstyle already? I mean, it's of course hard to say because uh, it changes kind of each each week for us. I think it kind of showed as well. Like, uh, if we improve our early game, maybe our mid game is shaky again and stuff like this. Or like maybe the other way around, we improve our mid game and then our early game is shaky again. So uh, I mean, we are improving day to day, and I think even though we show like some mistakes, right? I think the mistakes we do are like kind of stupid, and we know they're stupid. So uh, we we should be able to uh, fix them uh, kind of easily. And yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of it. I would say like. Uh, there's not really much uh, difference to uh, like normal scrims, I guess, or like normal things we can improve on. I think we just uh, try to do the same things every day, uh, like uh, and yeah, just improve slowly. And yeah, uh, one day we'll get there, I guess. Yeah, and we can already see the, uh, already see it on stage, uh, honestly, from the games you had. I mean. Maybe not today, but still, you made it out of group, <laughs> and that's what matters. No, but honestly, we often say that uh, scream results don't match, especially the results you have on stage. But maybe from the games you had on stage today, even the losses you had, you uh, noticed that you had some improvements and something that you've been working on that's been working for you. Do you have uh, Do you have this feeling after the, the second round, Robin? I mean, yeah, I would say uh, our mid late game definitely improved over the like. Because of the last few weeks, I think our drafting improves as well. I think we have more of an idea of what like uh, counters us, as uh, especially uh, because like we kind of only showed like one or two styles, I guess, and we know now that we have to work on like creating more, right? Like we we used to always be a really flexible team, so like on on new patches, of course, you can't pull out like four or five strategies, right? Like that's too much to uh, too much time in scrims to to train. And uh, right now we focus on one or two uh, strategies, and now we have to branch out and just like find more picks that we are comfortable with, that we can play into the meta junglers, or maybe if all meta junglers are banned, or maybe meta mid laners or whatever, you know, uh, then we can just like uh, pull out the next big thing, right? Uh, I think that's what we have to improve on uh, right now, and I think uh, we we have a lot of time to do that uh, right now, and uh, yeah, come into the rumble stage uh, prepared. What about the meta uh, then? Because you mentioned it, and it feels. I mean, we talked about this during the uh, post-game interviews. But there's like, there's like two schools. They're like the the school we've been used to seeing uh, during the LEC and the first three months of competition, and these new picks that MSI brought. I'm thinking about the AP jungles, the AD mid laners, uh, some also new picks on the mid lane. It doesn't feel like bot lane changed too much, 
But um, from the experience you had, do you feel like there's been some misleading in some picks and some teams maybe too stubborn picking some champions that are not completely good, according to you? Hmm, it's really hard to say, I would say, because I think, honestly, right now, I don't think there's like a single team that has wrong priors or like, I mean, I think like every team has like a thought of what, what is good, right? And they execute on it, on it. And I don't think there was like a single champion that was like, oh my God, why are they picking this again? You know, like, mm -hmm. I think uh, most teams really know like, uh, what, what's good right now and uh, like some people may, might say oh why, why are people not picking enchanters or whatever you know and uh, I thought that as well that uh, the Shuria exchange would like bring uh, back uh, enchanters into the meta but uh, it's looking like it's just uh, engaged supports all over again uh, especially for bot lane because I mean Kaiser got nerfed a bit but it didn't really hit her, hit her that hard uh, and so people just like to yeah, handshake uh, Kaiser Tristana because they're the strongest AD carries in the meta right now and uh, especially with uh, AT, uh, AP junglers right now in the meta, uh, especially mid lane is a bit more um, flexible, I guess, because like you see some like Zeds or Kianas, maybe uh, stuff like this, because just the fact that you have an AP jungler now where you used to have like Hecarim, Udyr. I mean, Udyr was like a hybrid, I guess, but like mostly AD junglers. Uh, yeah, like uh, the, the two AP junglers in the meta right now uh, really branch out the mid lane pool for sure. All right, well, um, we'll see how the meta evolves for the rest of the tournament. As we saw, you're moving to the Rumble stage uh, with the rest of the teams. Uh, we're still waiting to see who will join you in uh, Group C. Uh, Damwon is likely to qualify, of course. So I was wondering, who looks stronger so far, RNG or Damwon, and why? I mean, of course, Damwon had like a game against DFM, which looked really, really shaky. So I would say RNG right now. But I think RNG also had like a weaker group, I would say. Like UL, I think, is a pretty good team, but uh, the Oceanian team uh, made it out in the end. So that was kind of a surprise for me personally. But uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, RNG looks for sure stronger. They are looking cleaner. I think Wei as a jungler just fits really well into, into the meta right now. Like his, his Morgana, his Rumble, his Udyr, like everything just works for him, I guess. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, being comfortable on these new cha champions is like just a really big deal and that he is uh, just shows that RNG adapted really well to the meta. Uh, so, I mean, Damon also looks strong and dominant in some of their games, right? But I think they had more happy games like us. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's more likely that Damon will crumble in, in the, in the oh. Rumble stage. Interesting. Now, okay, last question for you, Car uh, Kaiser. Who are you looking forward to facing in the Rumble stage and why? I would say Ming because uh, when I watched like the LPL finals, like he was so good, like he he got robbed of his MEP. I would say like Gala got it, but uh, <laughs> support lives matter, you know. Uh, so uh, I would say Ming is for sure a player to watch. Uh, in every game, he has like so much impact, and uh, even if they're behind, like he always looks for like these complete outplays, you know. And that's what a good support should do. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun matchup against uh, Gala Ming because uh, the, the bot lanes will be so bloody, like it's going to be China versus China all over again, you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think uh, that's what uh, I'm looking forward to, just like Burma fights bot lane. I'm excited as well. Um, Kaiser, thank you so much for this interview. And yeah, best of luck in the Rumble stage. We'll see uh, each other again at the end of the week. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much to both Kaiser and Lore. Lore, that was a fantastic interview. Yeah, it was. Um, it's one of my favorite parts about international events is getting the, getting the Lore interviews with the players is, is so cool to have. Um, 
wow, where to start? There's so much to cover in that interview. There's so much that was shared. The funniest thing was that he was like, like yeah, Iceland's great. The, the, the tap, tap water. water. <laughs> you know, people bring up the nation. People would bring up like the scenery. He brought up like, okay, the temperature is good. I think he said like, yeah. he would bring up, wow, what a beautiful country. I'm loving the culture. He's like, the hotel has good food. The, the tap water is yeah, good. I'm like, that is peak freaking gamer right there. His name in solo queue was tap water enjoyer, I think as well. <laughs> I mean, so to be fair, like uh, Berlin has hard water. So there's like a lot of, I think, lime in the water specifically. So it's not bad tap water, but mm. it's definitely like, it's not bad. You can drink it. It's fine. Right. But it's like, I can see, you know, a little tap water mixed up definitely doesn't hurt. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that was actually such a great interview. There's so many cool things that they talked about. Um, I think the, the couple, we'll talk about the biggest things that I think are, are most important. Yeah, and I sure. think the number one thing is that Mad Lions... Uh, he thinks that there's scrims, there's no more happy games in scrims, that everyone's taking it very serious. It's an important tournament and the scrims are more productive. Now, I wonder if you can see that as the tournament progresses, because I think mm. that their um, mid to late games gotten better. Like you said, he thinks their drafting's improved a lot. And I wonder if that's because the scrims are more productive. So Mad Lions, who are a team who are very serious, coaching staff very serious, they want to make sure that everything's per pixel perfect, really good prep. Even outside of the game, they have a lot of work. Uh, going for them so it's a very hard working well oiled machine as lore said yeah um so having these normal happy games and having more productive scrims maybe this just makes mad lions just skyrocket in terms of uh, improvement curves i don't know i mean i think it's probably true for most teams in the world's environment they're just going to really really step up mm -hmm. um and i can't say this is 100 true for lpl lck but in my experience with talking to teams about it it's like your motivation alone goes through the roof when you're in an international event on top of that you're playing teams that are usually better than you in some capacity so you're learning so much so rapidly and if i look at mad lions right a lot of inconsistency in the regular season right even though ultimately oh, yeah. they came out and won in playoffs and i and, and if if you tell me that they had off and on scrim weeks domestically in eu that doesn't surprise me like how can you have good good scrims consistently but when you come in internationally and you're playing against the best teams in the world, I think it makes sense that like this is like, if there's ever a time to buckle down and take League mm. of Legends serious and be super motivated, I imagine it's 10 times easier to take every scrim and treat every scrim like a world final when you're in an MSI stage and like you know every game is going to matter in the next group stage. Whereas like domestically, it's like, you play so many best of ones, they're best of ones, mm -hmm. it's kind of a flip. And even while you will play best of ones here, you know that like beating Astralis week six XL, whatever, even beating G2, right? It's cool. It's important in a single week. But beating RNG in a best of one, even if it is just a best of one, means something. So it the fact that they're that motivated, the fact that the scrims are going that good, oh, I mean, it just makes sense. Especially hard. because uh, even the he said, like, they bombed out of Worlds last year. And Laura was talking about, like, the pressure, you know, the history of EU and international events. You're the only real team representing us. And he said, yeah, last year sucked. But right now, I think we could be title contenders. That to me sounds awesome. Like the fact that they actually have that confidence, the improvement curve. And I think that when you look at their in-game stuff, the early game has always been great for Mad Lions. Driving factors, yep. bot lane, you know, humanoid solo lane lanes, and especially Elio, yeah, kind of getting them their leads, right? It's always the mid to late game where they drop the ball. And you can see that even in the LEC Spring Split, right? Where they, I mean, they had a games against Misfits where they're up like 8k gold and then and they, like, couldn't, yeah, they just get hundreds of kills and then they just yeah. throw the game. Uh, even games against the um, Istanbul Wildcats where they're handily winning the game. They make a really good Baron play and all of a sudden they drop one mid-wave and then Istanbul Wildcats with Nocturne Shatana get three towers when Mad Lions get one when they're the ones with Baron buff, right? So they still have dropped the ball a little bit in the mid to late games, but I think that he's been saying that they've cleaned it up. I think yesterday, although they had a couple happy games, they have looked a little bit better in the later stages of the game, even when their early game fundamentals don't help them out. If they lose an early game, they still look kind of clean in the mid to late game. 
Um, so that's still my biggest worry for them, the mid to late game. Can they make sure their macro game, whatever it is, uh, in the late stages game, when it's a lot more of a slower game, a lot less fighting, that they can just keep up? Because uh, I feel like in skirmishes, they're always down to fight, man. Yeah, I'm also low-key sweating because of one of the other things that Kaiser said, which is that when they play RNG, it's going to be the, the, the full-on LPL bot lane. <laughs> China versus China bot lane fight. <laughs> That's and like... Do you know what's even better? Because Gala Ming has been diving bot almost every game in their group. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Mad Lions has always been playing so much more aggressive and they're so much more consistent, right? So you have the bot lanes clashing, China versus China bot lane. And because Mad Lions bot lane was so inconsistent in spring, I really hope that their consistency now doesn't break under Gala Ming. I really hope it doesn't break. No, me too, me too. And the thing that I'm not... I want full level, full confidence performance. That's the thing. Yeah. Like if if there's an interview afterwards where Karzine Kaiser says, hey, like we went in, we believe we played our best, they were just better. That'll make me happy. Yeah. I, what I don't want to hear is like, yeah, we like we really choked. They, got, the they get sucked really into struggled. the int, you know? You get yeah, sucked yeah. into the int. You get just like, like, oh, we could go for it. We took it. Yeah, screw it. Jungle's here. Both dead. Obviously, I want them to win. But if they lose, but they played at their best, I'll, I'll feel like I sound such a dad. Like, you <laughs> go out there and give it 100% and I'll be proud of you, son. God damn it. I'm, just getting, I'm just getting old, dude. This is happening. I'm just turning into a dad, whether I like it or not. Um, just keep up with the memes and you'll be fine. <laughs> Unlike Trevor. He doesn't even know what send oh, it is. It's like a meme within but, itself that he doesn't know the memes. And anymore. I think the other funny thing that uh, Kyra said in the interview was that, uh, yeah, Scrim's going great. Way's a bit of a psycho jungler. I think the only other Which is, side... The yeah, only, only the psycho jungler we've ever faced really is self-made. So I think that really shakes up the early game, makes him a little bit strong in the early game. But he's probably when my definition of a psycho jungler is pro probably what Way is doing. He's either level one, level two, invading nonstop with his team, or he's after first clear base, he's just running into your jungle and trying to dive you. The quintessential we used to call it psychopathing um, was when Mowgli was on Vitality. Yeah, and he used to play Olaf, and he used to rock up to your blue buff that you were starting on at level one. And you would duo jungle with Mowgli because Mowgli would follow you to do none of his own camps. He would follow you to every one of your camps I, as Olaf and say, neither of us are playing the game, I buddy. distinctly remember playing one game against Mowgli on stage where I was playing Sejuani. <laughs> he was playing Camille Jungle 2019. And I did blue buff on my red side, I did blue buff, and then I went to my wolves. And all of a sudden, there's a Camille eeing over my wolves wall. <laughs> And hitting me in the face. And then we're both standing there looking at each other for at least a minute's time like, you want the wolves? No. Well, Are I want you the hitting the wolves? I want the wolves. We're both just literally staring each other down. Every time I walked through my mid tower to come back into the wolves entrance, he would just start hitting me. And every time I checked, he wasn't doing the wolves. So I was like, okay. And that was the most annoying. That was when I realized, okay, this guy's insane, man. Like, what, what am I... I? Take my bot camps. Just take them. Like, honestly, you deserve them. <laughs> you, you can have it. Bot lane, guys, you're probably going to gank. This guy might E flash over the wall level two. Just be careful. Uh, but it's true. Like, a way sounds like those like that kind of jungle, you know, just take blue, just run into your jungle. Like, screw it. See what happens. You know? I love it. Dude. I've done this a thousand times. It. It's a thing where it's like, I take red and walk into your jungle. I flip it. It's a 50 50. But because I've flipped it over a thousand times and I've seen every single outcome, it's actually a 60 40 to me. Yeah. So I might die, but there's a smaller chance that you're going to die, you know? So that's what the definition of a cycle jungler in my eyes is. <laughs> I love it. The thing is, most junglers, especially when I was jungler, it's like, okay, let's just get the full clear done and then we'll see what we want to do. Yeah. I think their mind's like, there's, let's, just, let's just get my one camp and then see what he's trying to do. <laughs> I feel like as a jungler, you're probably also lured into a false sense of security when you've played, you know, your Volibear a million times, your Udyr a million times, your, your Morgana a million times. You know, you push Q and W on the camp. You're like, you, you, you click on bot, you know, you, look, you click away, you click, you click. Mm -hmm. You're kind of like, you're not, there's not really a lot of micro in jungle these days. So you're like, you stand where you're supposed to stand in Morgana, you push both your buttons and you're chilling. So you're not even watching your character. And then suddenly there's like an Udyr in your face level two. Steel like, did that exact go, same thing. Boy. Steel did the same thing. I can't remember which team it was against, but Steel did the exact same thing. I don't know if it was, was it against C9. I don't really know what it was, but he was invading level three as Udyr with blue buff onto Morgana. 
justice did it away. And uh, yeah, I mean, he lost a lot of time in full clearing, but he got a mental edge, took his blue, and he was alphas, you know. What is so, it we yeah. used to say? Or what is it? Uh, no more farming, like, for three items. Like, the game begins at level one. What was that? <laughs> was that the perks quote back when you started playing ADK? That, that's how I feel about jungle right now. It's like, the game begins, like, when Wei is in the jungle, the game begins at level one. Yeah. <laughs> Let's live, like... <laughs> it's just Armageddon from middle <laughs> Yeah, you don't know full... This is... In this house, we do not full clear, you know? Like, we fight. <laughs> full clear? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, ultimately, I'm really... I'm thrilled that Mad Lions are feeling so good and that they're developing so quickly. I really yeah. like the confidence that Kaiser has in representing EU. I think there was a long period of time when I look at like 2016, 2017, even leading into 2018 before the Fnatic Finals, where we were kind of like, I don't want to say people were ashamed of Europe. That's fair. That's like, that's too far. But people weren't like hyped on EU. We were just like, yay, EU, we're proud of our teams, but we're going to inevitably lose to Korea or China anyway. But we did, yeah, but then Europe made finals back to back and we're like, one MSI. Hold and now, up a second. So him, that attitude is compared to the like, yeah, we're good, but we're inevitably going to lose to Korea. That I think was kind of like how everybody felt. Uh -huh. Every region that wasn't Korea probably felt uh, up until someone besides Korea started winning. In this case, the LPL. Um, I like that he doesn't have that. I like that that's not there for him. I like yeah. that he is like, we're a good region. We're going to prove we're a good. And he's not even just talking about Mad Lions because he could just talk about Mad Lions. You know, he could just be like, we're going to prove Mad's a good team. Mm-hmm. But no, he's out here. I think, he's out here to prove for you. I think it's especially like personal for them because the last international event they didn't even get it to groups, right? So they're like, okay, the run back. Yep. We're gonna win the whole tournament. Yep. Screw you guys. We're gonna prove everyone wrong. The narrative around Mad Lions as to whether they should even be at MSI because they reverse swept the finals and Rogue was perhaps the better team, you know. And blah blah I mean, blah. Yeah. Let's yeah. see how they do in round two. I'm excited for Mad Lions. I'm all on board the Mad Lions hype train. We got to back our ADC boys. Absolutely. Again, reminder. I say this all the time. Back up your region. Back up your team. Yeah. Show them you look like guys. If I, as an import into this region, am cheering for Mad Lions harder than you, just like think about, think about how sad that is. And the Mad Lions train has a very special seat for people who have uh, lost faith in NA. So if you guys have lost faith in NA, you can, and you're an NA fan, you can always jump aboard the EU hype train. Still technically the West, you can join us. Still in the tournament. I know, but just when in case, just in case, just in case, the EU train always has cut room for for any any Not NA unfaithfuls. It. Wow. 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 You're doing the LCS dirt. You're doing Sven and Mythy and parts no, dirty right now. No, I have right faith now. in them. I'm faith. I'm just saying if C9 don't make it and then NA fans have no one to cheer for, Mad Lions is a good and team to cheer I for. I said this on After Hours, the other thing that we do on, on Kato's Twitch channel. I said this last night. It's like EUNA friends yeah, we face exactly. each other. Back each other up. How could you not? Like, I'm still rooting for Sven, Mythy. And oh, I'm yeah. actually all of that team. I'm actually just in general a Cloud9 fan in this tournament. But um, the old especially for the old G2 boys um they are they are good people they are good players they brought obviously. a lot of success to europe yeah they did not not a ton internationally not together not but <laughs> like individually they brought a lot of success yeah to individually europe. they did yes it's very like sven very on origin was like a semis at worlds perks Solid. finals With the RNG MSI. Run. Oh. yeah mythy took um fanatic almost taking down top esports right yeah so yeah. so obviously yeah. individually destroyed Three of the most successful European players. They went to the time. finals of MSI, didn't they? They did. They did. They did. Yeah. So yeah. Banger. Oh man, so much nostalgia actually. Uh, all right. So here's what it is. Thank you again, Kaiser and Lore, for that fantastic interview. Good insight. Hyped for Mad Lions. I hope you guys are all hyped for Mad Lions. Let's start to talk about what is coming up. We're gonna do this. Are the two teams that we as Western pundits are backing? We're backing C9. Yep. A little bit, and we're backing Mad a lot of bit. 
So Mad's going to kick off their tournament. So Dan Juan Kia versus RNG is going to be first, your first game on Friday, the 14th, this coming Friday. Obviously, huge game, huge tournament implications. It is only a best of one, but this is going to be the first taste of what very well could be MSI Finals. Mm-hmm. Game two, Mad are going to start off with a little bit of an easier schedule. Hopefully, this is not the game that forces us to drink a shoey, as it will be Pentanet.gg versus Mad. But the game that we are looking forward to the most, not just because we are casting it, hint, hint, dear viewers. Winky face. Winky face. Uh, but because... This is where the, the gloves come off and, you know, frenemies. We're frenemies. Frenemies. The, the frenemies. This is where it comes out. Cloud9 versus Mad Lions. The last 8 game o'clock of the day. is when it is uh, scheduled to start, according to Law Fandom Wiki. It's going to start when it starts. It's the last game of the day. C9 versus Mad. Absolute banger. You got to give me the matchup preview. Oh, dude, which one do you want? Top, jungle, mid, bot, support? Coach, I mean, you tell, me what, you tell me what matters. Okay. Mac so, and Cheese versus Miffy? Yeah, that's pretty. That's crazy, dude. Um, okay, so what matters to me the most? Um, I think we've got a really cool jungle matchup in, um, in the LCS's MVP jungler Blabber and yep. rookie El Yoya, who's coming to his first international event, first bit of the LEC, won the LEC. Blabber is two time spring MVP, I'm pretty sure. He's spring he? MVP this year, he's spring MVP last year. He okay. technically qualified them to MSA. He yeah, was they rookie qualified. Of the split, I think, when he was the uh, Blabber. He's got a lot of his, his, trophies, his trophies things are a bit stacked, you know, his trophy Looking cabinet. like probably it's too soon to say this i don't follow out enough to say this but one of the greatest if not in the in the discussion for greatest north american uh yeah, north american jungle yeah especially in recent in recent years right so that's a really cool matchup you've got like el yoyo on one side who's looked like this consistent rock for mad lines early game reliability um and and him and inspired were like the top two junglers coming out of the lec um after the finals it was really hard to say who was better elio won the series so you can argue that he was better but still both of them were like neck and neck in terms of best jungler so the jungle matchup for me is always interesting because obviously i'm a jungler but then you look at bot lane dude and bot lane is also like dude you got sven vulcan versus karzi kaiser that's also sounds crazy i was doing a lot of tracking the pros on my stream and i was watching them face each other every now and then i will admit mad lions got the better hand every now and then but it was a lot of jungle diff in those solo key games so we'll have to see what happens in the competitive games but for me jungle bots always gonna be the most hype matchups i think perks humanoid don't really have that much history to look at it's we talked we talked this before yeah. too and perks has talked about this as well outside of like the situations where one mid laner gets to pick yone it's just mid lane in general is not it's just not it's not a it's not it's not 2019 anymore like yeah. there's just no ba- it's not silas versus akali and every game you know what i mean like the the mid lane matches just aren't that hype and don't get me wrong if it was like perks versus caps then there's a lot of talk about right uh, there but humanoid was always that player who was like humanoid and larson were the ones kind of fighting each other for like who's the second or third best mid in in yeah. eu when there's caps and when there's perks and stuff like this so yeah not too much history there but definitely perks against europe is also just a big thing right the first ever international event where perks is actually on the other side you know on the other side of the ring on the other side of the boxing match you know and he's fighting for them instead of for us so that's awesome um but yeah i think those are the hypes matchups for me i think but i think i'm just gonna keep going back to bot lane i think it's just like i'm really hyped on karzy kaiser again i think they were like them stepping up is so so cool obviously elio is rise is exciting and continuing to track but this this is stacked but then you think of like damn on rng is canyon versus way and then you've got uh, mad versus rng which i don't know when that is but then you've got like it's um, it's actually so it's game two of day two i'm glad you brought it up because i was gonna or game three of uh day two so that is saturday that is the third game is mad versus rng because then you've got el yoyo versus uh versus way and then i want to look at like cloud nine versus rng because you've got perks versus rng right so all of these best of ones i'm glad we've got two of these double round robins not just one single elimination kind of the double round robin I think we have got arguably a clear top four coming into this into this group stage where you would argue that Penton and PSG are almost like the fifth and sixth spots, you would argue. Yeah. Uh, but we need to see it happen. And then when it gets to semis, we've got some 
banger best of fives coming dude Ah, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm just pumped for this round two. Because ra round one, everyone was like Resident Sleeper. Like, why are these teams even here? They Obviously, it was their time. That was their worlds, right? These, yeah, these yeah. minor regions. This was their time to shine against the top teams. All the hard work, the prep, the fans wanted to see it. But now we get into the real, the real, the real deal. You know, we're into the top, top regions against each other. The rumble stage. The rumble. Let, uh, I can't say that. That's trademark. It's, it's, Let's it's get ready to, to scrap in the rumble stage if you see what i'm ready to doing rumble there. get um, let's go <laughs> so anyway um this is we're gonna wrap up here but a couple things to note a couple things to be excited about i think the schedule is out now if you guys want to check it out um obviously cheer for mad i think cheer for for the eu players everywhere and i also think back up oceania like raise your quads when you yeah. don't when you don't have stakes in a game when you're not sure who to side with when it's not a mad game what's not a c9 when it's pentanet versus rng raise, raise those koalas you know what i mean like the lco have overcome it is such an insane story that they have made it here that they are doing it and i think they back them up 100 here's, here's a take the lco was sandbagging the first part of groups <laughs> and then now when they get to round two they're gonna stomp down on an rng clip it and you heard it there first ship it there it is. Unleashed. Pabu. Unleashed. Yep. The there chains are off. The hair changes colors every time he wins. Yeah, round two, it goes like red. <laughs> and then the semifinals, it goes like Saiyan blue. Pabu. And then the finals, he goes ultra instinct. So it's like silvery <laughs> blue. I can always tell when you... Like your nerdiness comes out in little moments. <laughs> that was one of them. <laughs> my God. I know Dragon Ball Z like the back of my hand. secret weeb, you. Okay. Uh, just Dragon Ball. <laughs> okay, a couple others too. Yeah, okay. So re recap. If you are a Mad Lions fan, Mad vs. PG, uh, Penanet.gg is the first game. Cloud9 vs. Mad, obviously the more important game on day one, day two they get a chance to play against rng and psg you've seen the psg game before but we'll watch it a few more game times. four is cloud nine rng right game four on our first day is cloud nine versus rng we're going to be casting the back half of day one if yep. you want more cajal dracos in your life you can find it on cajal's twitch channel where we do some recaps at the end of the day msi after hours here on euphoria or in the final three games of day one that is friday the 14th rng versus cloud nine psg versus petanet gg c9 versus matt we're going to be casting all three it's going to be a banger so most beautiful thing i've ever seen in my goddamn <laughs> life <laughs> this has been euphoria msi episode two um we'll be checking in with you guys kind of after this going uh hoping hoping maybe to get some interviews with the help of our dear friend ashley kang with some of the korean players so oh, you yes. guys can get some insight into we know what mad lions think about their shots at the tournament maybe we can find out what they want kia think about mad lions and then we can tell mad tournament. lions put we, it all together we can be like secret we've had a lot of Red Bull, which is why we're so thrilled. You guys can get Red Bull too. Um, bum, shout out to bum, Red Bull. Bum, bum, bum. But there you go. Bum, That's Cajal's playing us off. This bum, has been episode two, bum, the MSI bum, episode bum, of Euphoria. Bum, More bum, coming back bum, in the future. Bum, we'll keep you guys posted bum, about future episodes. Bum, Otherwise, bum, tune in Friday. MSI Rumble stage begins. We'll see you there. <laughs>